All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of You, you Never, Never Studied. studied. Oh, we, we're doing that? Okay. No, we weren't, yeah. Well. Sorry, we should have recorded that. Or oh, tried that. Practice that. Practice that. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Evan. I'm Hans. We are so glad that you're with us. And we want to remind everybody, if you get something out of this podcast, please don't hesitate to go ahead and go and review it on your platform of choice. And also, please share it with your friends if you think it would benefit somebody else on your various Absolutely. social mediums. And just as a reminder, we do have a website, youneverstudied.com, where you can find show notes, information, the embedded player, links to subscribe, all those things. We'd love for you to go there. If you'd like to learn more about the things we discuss in this episode, and Evan, we need to get right into it. Let's do it! Didn't you know? All right, so Hans, uh, a, a, a very important figure is finally retiring. Let me make sure I get his name right. It is Dobuyane Wadi. <laughs> you nailed it. Right? Yes. Uh, yes. Now, I know you know his name. Yes. Yes, from Empire State of Mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Jay-Z raps about he, him. He's the guy from the Jay-Z rap. Yes. No, he is a basketball player for what team? We're talking about the Miami Heat player, Dwayne Wade. Wade, you got it. Right. You nailed it. And um, he just had this big thing. Don't which, ask me about the Heat roster after yeah, him. Udonis Haslam. Oh, that's right. Is uh, is he uh, – no, is he the dude that's like super uh, tall from like Slovenia or something? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, that's Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, uh, okay. And he's, yeah, and he's not on the Heat. There's there. Well, I think you're talking about Porzingis, I'm mm. guessing. Uh, okay. Tall guy. Yeah. Um, anyways – He's retiring, and these NBA guys do a thing. Not all of them, because Dirk Nowitzki or Nowitzki, he he Dirk retired, okay, and he didn't do a farewell tour. But a lot of the people who uh, he played against his opponents would do like thank yous for what he's done because he played twenty one seasons with the same team, and no one does that. So Dwayne Wade, who wasn't just with the Heat, he actually played for the Bulls a little bit, right? Which didn't go well. I actually yeah. read that when so I that's googled where he's from it. Chicago, yeah, so, yeah. but that didn't go well. He's back with the Heat, and he went to this like all season. He was trading jerseys with people, and everyone's like, Dwayne Wade, he's the best. And they, I, I think most – he did win a championship before LeBron James showed up in his world and Chris Bosh. Right. But when the big three showed up, that became a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so he's retiring. Even me. <clears throat> even I know that a little. Yeah. And I, what I was going to just tell our listeners, if you don't know this, I mean most of you who know us know this. I know nothing about basketball yeah. except what Hans tells me. So this is a really important interview because <laughs> I'm getting to ask really important questions. Yeah. This is this is there's no one better equipped <laughs> to have this conversation with than the me two than of us. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, anyways, Dwayne Wade's retiring, and it's all everything's just a big deal now. Like like basketball players will make documentaries out of their final season. Kobe Bryant made a big deal out of it. Dirk was Mister Don't Give Me Anything. Mm. Uh, Dwayne Wade did his thing, but he was recently. In an ESPN interview, and he he talked about therapy. Okay, so he said, uh, definitely when I get done with this, um, with well, I guess sorry, when I get done with this, what when I retire, I'm gonna need therapy. So in this ESPN article, he says he says this: I'll be in therapy seriously. I meant it. It is going to be a big change. I told my wife, I said, I need to do therapy, and we probably need to do a little bit. I was always against someone that doesn't know me telling me how to live my life and giving me instructions. But I need someone to talk about it because it is a big change. Even though I got a long life to live, other great things I can accomplish and do, it's not this. So it's going to be different. This being basketball. Now. Right. Yeah. Your buddy, Ben. <laughs> Our buddy. Friend yeah. of the show, Ben Howe. Yeah. Yeah. So he offices nearby. Yes. And, and, and he's not a big fan of maybe the idea. 
Correct. of therapy. Maybe maybe there's some showmanship going on. Yeah, like, I think hey, he was less a fan of the showmanship. Yeah, than therapy. That's, that's really. Yeah. yeah, no, Ben hates therapy. <laughs> okay, so but it, it had me thinking about this because in NBA culture, this has become a pretty big deal. Talking about mental health issues, a lot of NBA players, in particular, um, are taking stands on certain topics and they're speaking out. I think one team that does this really well are the Warriors. Steve Kerr has done a great job of helping people address, be it social issues, racial issues, uh, political issues. He kind of he lets his team handle those well. Um, and Steve Kerr's dad was um, a diplomat, I believe. He was assassinated, which is crazy. Whoa! So, yeah, Steve no, Kerr's dad. Didn't know the, any yeah, of his that. dad was assassinated. So, all that being said, Dwayne Wade comes out and he has this line about. Therapy, and it's kind of in the vein of NBA players are opening up more about things that they go through. Kevin, yeah, just, Kevin Love had an article about it. Um, yeah, last you, links, year. you linked to that. In so here, yeah, yeah, if you go to the website, you, I'll link to all the articles that we're talking about or all the things so you can read them for yourself. Uh, but he had um, a panic attack like mid game, and he freaked out. And so he's talking about how players need to get help doing stuff. So Dwayne Wade says this thing, and regardless of of. Maybe the, seriously, po- the posturing or whatever yeah, that might be going on. seriously he's going to yeah. take on this idea of, oh, I'm definitely going to do therapy, like, for sure. I thought this is actually – what he's talking about or what he's trying to get at is a thing that everybody deals with. Yes. And so and, – and, and I think uh, it's a particular – it's a – I, I think there's a particular way it applies to him and applies to a specific kind of person. So let me let me try to sound smart. Okay. Yeah. Um, because, you know, didn't you know this? Yeah. But, did, yeah, didn't, didn't you know? You know? Anyways, uh, so when I was doing uh, some research for my my schoolwork dissertation junk, um, I had to talk to pastors about how they transitioned their church. Oh, that's interesting. To the next phase, right? So, so we're talking about guys who led. Most of these churches were like they were in the thousands. Yeah, they're so they're large, large mega churches. Church by, yeah, mega, by, they were yeah, mega churches. By, the by just most of them were mega. And I was talking to the pastors who helped to make them mega or people who were a part of the church. Like I was looking at the pastors who made them mega and the pastor who came after the meganess. Okay. And one thing that became a constant theme was you have to have a plan for when you're done doing the thing that you've become known for. And if you don't, you feel lost. And when you say have a plan, you don't mean like a succession plan, like who's going to follow right, you. Right, right, right. You mean that's like, already what, done. Are, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. So, so yeah. I think what I think what Wade's getting at, and and it's true for uh, this is the way I try to qualify. It. I think it's true for people who have vocations that are uniquely tied to Their entertaining, identity. yeah, okay. helping, serving, caring for others, and it's, it's so like you, in pastor life, yeah. right? Yeah, pastor um, or like or or uh, or athletics. We're like. People are locked in. Yeah, you become a role model of sorts sure. for people, and 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 you're never not that thing. Yeah. Now, so I think about your dad a lot because your dad, more than anybody, I know Uncle John, uh, but but he was so good at going to work and being done. Yeah. Like for him, work was if I could, I'm putting maybe words in his mouth, but it was a means to an end, and his end was caring for you guys and yes. being with you. Yes. Uh, so it wasn't like, man, I love. I love every aspect of what I do. Right. I could do it all day. No, in fact, he changed careers multiple times within the same company because he was kind of a utility knife, like a Swiss yeah. Army knife, where they were like, okay, go and do that in from the mailroom to the records and archives and then, Absolutely. And then printing, you and, know, or and, whatever it was. And yeah. so he has this, this, you know, a guy like an entertainer or yep. an athlete. Like, they're really entertainers. Um, they... 
they're tied in, their identity's tied into their vocation. Yes. There's no difference. You're never not that person. Whereas you pass tons well, of... Well, and there's a celebrity component to sure. it that, that, that extends even beyond that, where they have a personal brand associated just with their name. Right. You their, know, number, yeah, their number, everything. All that. And yeah. so they're, they're globally known. So even if there is a little bit of posturing, you're saying, and I don't want to put words in your no, mouth, go but, ahead. But, you're, but you're saying he is smart to go, I need to talk with somebody about this because I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a big reality shift in my life and, he, and I don't know how to deal with it. Essentially in that article, he's like, this is all I've known yeah. forever. I've played basketball my whole life. It's what I became known for. It's what I became good at. And a lot of people are like, this is all I'm good at. Not, like, I'm not saying he's saying I'm only good at basketball. But but I, I think it is true in the pastoral ministry. I think it is true for uh, maybe teachers and educators who are are connected so closely to the people that they're trying to impact. Um, anybody – I can't say anybody, but I'm going to say anybody – who has a profession that is tied to the benefiting of others in some way, it's hard not to to find a lot of value in that. And then usually when it's gone, you realize how much weight you put into what you did, right. not who you were, right? And so they, they tie those two things together. So I think, I think he's smart to do that. And I think for anybody who might be on the back end of their career, if you don't have a plan for what happens when your career's done – you will flail about, yeah. and you will get you will kind of get lost in what do I do now? You want to do it in the right things, right? We'd be like, you got to honor the Lord, serve Him, you know, invest in others, make disciples. We would say that, yeah. Um, but if you read these guys, like Bob Russell's one, who I think did this really well, he's kind of the first kind of mega church guru succession guy, okay. uh, in Kentucky. He did it really well, but he talks about how like you can have a great life after your retirement that it's significant for ministry. But you have to be ready. And another thing that he said, because uh, Dwayne Wade talks about doing it with his wife, uh, you have to be ready to help your family transition. And that's one thing that Bob Russell from Kentucky in that book I read, it's called um, Transition Plan, I think. Uh, but you have to help your spouse and those people who are also tied into what you are sure. doing make the same change because they're losing something too, right? They were tied into your life. They were tied into – that part of how everything operated. And when you step out of it, they step out of it. They're not getting paid for it, but that's a part of how they've operated for however long. And so, and remember Bob Russell talking and he's, about, he's two years older than me, right? right like he's yeah. 37. So we're like in him, I mean, that's most of his life, right? Yeah. Still to yeah. happen. And he has to figure out what's going to happen. And he's next. set for money, you know, yeah. you think, so it's also just like I don't need to work, I don't need to find another second. So for him it it's almost even magnified, right? Because because for Dwayne Wade, he he literally could just go home and sit on the couch for the rest of his life. But yes. he, he he's at least, you know, cognizant enough to go and self-aware enough to go, "Well, that wouldn't be good. What sure. am I going to do um that's going to bring me some sort of joy and and some sort of fulfillment?" Um I mean, we would say that uh, again. That has to happen mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. Um, but also, there, even that re- requires some sort of output, some sort right. of some sort of mission, some sort of personal output. And so you, you like really, I, I think what he's saying, and it's an important thing. Now, again, you know, superstar athlete, multimillionaire feels different, but it's really the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with issues of identity adjustment and transition. And I think it's a, I think it's a goofy thing because sometimes you know the the you know, folks like us, the hoi polloi, which is just the common folk. We're like, what? why do you need therapy? You're a bajillionaire and you can do whatever you want and go wherever you want and at any time. 
Um, and I'm like, that's like, and I can afford the best therapist. So yeah, why not? Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that you ha- always are having to still deal with person. who you yeah. are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's the in. thing, who you are, what you do and how you handle life, which I think is an important part of how we just need to operate all the time, yeah. regardless of career, regardless of life is what, what do I do next? You always have to be thinking about what you're doing next and how you are processing what you're going through. Cause you're never really quite sure what it's going to be. And I, I would guess Dwayne Wade or anybody else who's retiring, they're going to have to go, man, I did not expect to have to think about this or yeah. how to process this, which actually, I think, I think it's an important thing that you have some things to talk about, which is going to bring yes. us to our next segment. Yes. Hit the books. So, so I'm doing the book review this week for our, right? hit, for our hit the books section. I like the title of this book because I think it's about vampires. So it I is, wanted, it is. Okay, the book's called Walking Through Twilight, and I thought it was – is it about vampires? It is. It is about sparkling vampires um, that – no, it's not. It is Douglas Grootheis who is a apologist. Are you sure you spelled that – you pronounce that right? It is correct. Grootheis. I was going to say Grootheis. Grootheis is what it looks like. It's yeah. Groot, right, and then Heis. Uh, I guess it's German okay. or something. Dougie so Groot. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I am Groot. Have Heiss. you met him? Have you met? This I guy? have met this guy. Okay. Um, I met him at a apologetics conference at yeah. my seminary that I went to, New Orleans Baptist. Name drop. And uh, he is. Which I asked uh, you about. Yeah, you asked me about. All him. right, go ahead. Name. So Grootius. Yeah. So Doug, <laughs> Douglas Groot Heiss is actually right behind you. That that apologetics tome. He wrote that. Um, uh, uh, third one oh, from the right. Oh, yeah, I see yeah. it. Uh, and uh, is a gifted communicator. I really enjoyed hearing from him. And he mentioned in probably 2013, 2014. So just in passing. In passing during one of his talks at this conference that his wife was chronically ill. He he mentioned it talking about uh, the problem of evil in a, like a, a theodicy or theodicy talk. Uh, how do you, you pronounce say that? I say theodicy. I say theodicy too. Yeah. Now, uh, what is theodicy? Theodicy is the problem of evil. Okay. It's, it's a French. It's a French kind of amalgamation of, of theo gotcha. god and, and dice, which is evil. Um, and so, just trying to uh, reconcile that. Uh, and uh, uh, so, how or it's not evil. I don't remember what dice is. Anyway, I think it's like vindication of God. Trying okay. to vindicate God for evil, um, and uh, which is a big problem people have. Yes. how do you deal with and, evil, and, suffering, and he, pain? And he mentioned that his wife was chronically ill. Well, then this book comes out last year, or maybe the end of twenty seventeen. So you hadn't even thought about it between. No, okay. I mean I, I've read his book and referenced it a few times. We do apologetic stuff with the students, and I uh, I was just like, you know, this guy's great. And then Stuart actually heard about it on another podcast that he listens to called The Mortification of Spin, which is a mm-hmm. great name. Yeah, we um, could, that name was taken. That was taken. So we uh, picked you never studied. Right, from Ghostbusters. Uh, instead, <laughs> Similar, instead but different. Seminal theological work. <laughs> but uh, similar. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so he heard about it, and he kind of recommended it. And, and the reason why Stuart recommended it is because my wife, Andrea, also struggles with chronic illness and has... Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, uh, and uh, uh, often sharer of, of blog things. Uh, and she, um, she has struggled with chronic illness for our entire marriage. And so Groot Heiss wrote this book about his wife, who has also struggled with chronic illness, but got diagnosed recently as, as recently as maybe 2013 or 2014, right around the same time as he was talking about it at the conference okay. with a specific kind of dementia. Okay. Uh, it's an aphasia type dementia. It's not Alzheimer's and she's, you know, young for Alzheimer's. So it's an early onset type dementia. of dementia that, that an aphasia affects speech. 
So okay. it, it's it's like Alzheimer's in reverse. Is kind so of the way he's that saying he chronically it. ill, and then and then this, this to boot, and then this on top of it. Yeah, okay. she had like fibromyalgia and some okay. and some other chemical okay. deficiencies. Actually, not dissimilar. So from what where prompted Andrea. him saying that was not the dementia part. It was just this is something. That this is something that we've with. contended and with for this a long book time. And then came this up after the diagnosis. And this and this diagnosis is terminal. Uh, okay. And and so he wrote it walking through twilight. Going back to the title, he wrote yeah. that to talk about walking through the twilight years of of his wife's existence and therefore kind of the darkness uh you know the the looming impending okay darkness. so how did, how did andrea feel when you were like hey i got this book about I, this guy truthfully yeah. truth didn't tell her right okay. away um i kind of wanted to read it because if it was like oh this is too heavy i'm not gonna tell her of about course this not. um but i did end up sharing with her stuff as i i, I finished the book this week in, in okay. preparation for it i picked it up a few months ago and read a couple chapters and i was like oh this is heavy how did you know that you could have a conversation with her about you reading this what, uh, what made it safe or okay i think part of what made it safe is he gave language to some things that we've felt Okay. Uh, and and so it was just encouraging to hear somebody else from my perspective a husband caring for a spouse who doesn't want to be this way who knows that at times people can be judgmental because Andrea's mm-hmm. illnesses are all invisible. Yeah. You know, she looks healthy, um, but we have a handicap placard because of her heart condition. You know, we, mm-hmm. it, right now she's got mono on top of everything else that she's going through. Her immune system is weaker than mine. You know, she's yeah. sicker more on sure. top of all of the other things that she has. So I think there's a there was a little bit of e- even judgmentalness that he kind of talked about with people not knowing that she has dementia. So there was a resonance. Of yeah, the, there, absolutely. The, okay. Yeah. With, and, with the idea. And you said, this is, this gives us language. And obviously praise the Lord. Andrea has nothing as serious as what, uh, Grudheis's wife had. Um, and I say had, cause she did die in 2018. Okay. Um, uh, not long after the book was published. Um, but, uh, has he followed up with that at all? Is yeah, uh, actually, I think, I think at the beginning of this year he got remarried. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and he's followed up just periodically with, okay. uh, you know, updates on like how he was doing, I think during that time. And he got, re- so give me an example yeah. of something that really resonated with you from the book. Well, and not to, I'm not going to quote specifically because he, uh, I will say this about the book, just in how it's written. It is very meandering. It's kind of stream of consciousness. It okay. is not organized very well, but he's a philosopher and I think he was all, and he was lamenting. It was called a philosopher's lament. That was the okay. subtitle. And so he waxes philosophical and then he goes to poetic. He wrote some poems that just randomly show up. Yeah. Um, it really is almost just a memoir, kind of autobiographical, very autobiographical. He has these little sections where it's just like, I'm telling a story. Some of them are happy. Some of them are hard. Um, so, and then, yeah, it's, 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 it's his, it's, it's yeah. a way of him processing it, but, yeah. but it, it, he knew it would be helpful it's his for catharsis. Yeah. And he knew it would be helpful for, for people like Andrea and me and other people that are, that, that go through similar things. And so some of the biggest stuff, believe it or not, was in the afterward, really in the afterward, he's like, okay, so here's the brass tack stuff that I didn't really say. Right. Uh, which, you it know, it doesn't so, take up a chapter, yeah, but it's important. S- some of it was just simply, you know, don't ask people how they're, sick you know person is doing ask how you're both doing like like Hmm. how are how are y'all doing um you know with that because it acknowledges the stress of the caregiver i actually really appreciated that because very often i'll get how's andrea doing and of course andrea is the bigger concern yeah um her her health is always going to be the bigger source and you're just like Uh, shut up don't don't ask well and and he's probably more honest than i am um uh, okay he's kind of a stuffy you know philosopher and i don't think he has a like a he basically says in the book he doesn't have a, a ton of a filter for that kind of stuff sure um whereas i'm a pastor and i'm like hey, i appreciate your concern thanks sure um but but he was like he tells people you know don't just ask how people are just ask how you can pray um, okay you know how can i pray for you guys right now or 
go ahead and just offer to do practical things, which actually our church is really good at doing. They're like, hey, do you need me to take the kids? Hey, do you need me to do laundry? Can we bring you some food? And the bring you food thing is always like, that would be awesome if her diet weren't so restrictive. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but bring but, us nothing. And, and so, uh, but so people uh, continue, or I'll be like, HEB gift cards are great, you know, sure. like, you know, or, or even that ask. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Straight up, what do you need? How can I help you? But then he also said, um, you know, write write letters, write cards. Um, we get some written things every now and then. Okay. Uh, we got one recently from somebody that that actually has chronic illness that I didn't even know had chronic illness at our church that that wrote Andrea a, a message, and it was it was really meaningful. And she came into my office, and she was like, "I want to encourage your wife." And so so that kind of stuff was really good. So it, it really was a great so book, great read for me. Ways to help. If I could kind of summarize, ask how we're doing. Yeah. Uh, provide practical ways. Yep. Uh, don't ask just how one is doing. And there's one you didn't say when you shared me the quote that I thought was good, which is like, don't ask the question of like, when's it going to get better? Yeah, when's it get better? Because you're like, no, this is this is our normal. Yeah. And we just kind of go up and down. We go here. up and down within this within this framework. We, we, we pray for it to get better. You can pray sure. for that with us. But but also that's not necessarily helpful to just ask like like she has a cold she doesn't have a cold. and even like yeah. even with the mono stuff how's the medicine does it, it kick in even like yeah. with mono this time people are like hey is yeah is that not better and I was like mono can last a year yeah you know like so uh, but she is a little better yeah you know that kind of stuff so okay so walking through twilight we'll put a link in our blog page about it yes. in our show notes so you can see that Douglas Gruthius Gruthius got it yeah now but there is something you and Andrea are good at also finding. Um, distraction, diversion, ways to engage on things that, that are, you know, lighthearted and bring yeah. levity into the home, which I think you do really well, which actually brings us to the next segment we have. Study break! So, Evan, I, I don't have Netflix right now. Right. You do. I, I got it for a month in January to watch Bird that Box. That was why I thought you had it. I know, it. I know, just to watch Bird Box. And then I was like, okay, I don't really need to watch that. And, you know, and they took all the Marvel stuff off. Yeah. But, but there's Disney a new... Disney Plus, bro. Disney yeah, Plus. I know. There's a new format. And I just want to hear how you feel about uh, this new show, You versus Wild, which has to do with something weird about Netflix and Bear Grylls. So tell me a little bit about this show first. So, so you versus wild is man versus wild, but it's choose your own adventure. So if you saw Bear Grylls man versus wild, it literally is that show, except it's like, should I cross the river this way or this way? And then like two icons appear on the screen. And and you you, have to pick one? And you pick one and sometimes he dies. (laughs) He doesn't really die. It's just like, oh, I need a rescue now. And then you can either start the episode over or go back. Like a page. Okay, you know, so so, to speak. so this is on Netflix. It's a new way to, I guess, interactive. It's an watching. interactive watching. It it blends the it blends the video game sort of story mode choices that are popular in you know role playing type games, which I figured I would like. It even actually has a video game controller icon next to it to let you know like you can play this episode, even though it's just like yeah. left right arrow. But yeah, so it so it's it's a choose your own adventure story based. Man versus Wild called You versus Wild because you are the one making. And you've bear seen grills. how many episodes of this so far? Eat grub worms. Yeah, uh, we watched three. They're short too. They're like twenty five minutes. Especially if you kill them quick. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. The only lasted about ten minutes. All the right. First so time. I just need to know just general impressions. How do you feel about it? It's okay. It's it's a fun divert. I, I that I'm not sure that this format's going to escape anything beyond the fun. You know, try it out. Oh, that was yeah. It's not going to be like a drama. Yeah, and a- and it it is. Um, it's very stilted. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, do man, I marry man the damsel wild or was, do I not? Man versus yeah. wild was always fake, right? But it got 
faker as it went on. I don't know if you watched it like no. into the later seasons. And but this it, is fakest. It, it well, this is like obviously like you guys put a baby crocodile right there that wasn't there, you know, seconds ago. <laughs> right. Or like or like he falls into the gorge and there's already a camera down there. And it's yeah. like, wait, wait a minute. No. Oh, I fell down. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so and that's the thing. You know he has to film both of them. Yeah. So like it's there's not really any so sense. So it's kinda of like a gimmick. Yeah, it's very gimmicky. Okay, but uh, but but what I don't get is like you've shown you told me told me about another show that tried this out for one episode. Yeah, that's Black Mirror, which is more like Twilight Zone right. sort of show. Okay, but but what is the deal with creating kind of choose your own adventure television watching mediums? I, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think it's just it again. media mediums. So Netflix is trying Formats. to yeah, Netflix is trying to stay ahead of of the whatever the in, next thing is, right? Yeah. They were the first streamers, and I think that they're trying to figure out what we're going to be able to do that's new. Um, and so I, I really think that that's that's all it is. And more power to them; they've got billions of dollars to try stuff. I just don't think that this is there yet. Is it? Does it? What, what would make it be there? Like, is it going to last? I'm not sure anything could make it rise above beyond a gimmick, but it would have to be a really compelling story where there's real skin in the game. Like, okay. where you can't go back and replay it, or where, you know, it affects the outcome of an entire season, the way the video games do. Like, okay. there, there are things like video games where you're like, oh, you made that decision, that character's just dead now. You know, like that kind of stuff. That would be very yeah. involved. But that's the thing. Yeah. It's easier to do that in a video game with, yeah. like, voice actors and CGI I mean, imagine characters. Lost doing that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So the quality of it, I just... And I think writers are like, I don't want to write that. I don't want to yeah. write ten different threads. I, and I don't want to do this for 75 years. Yeah. It, it would never end. Okay, so just quick, quickly, you do, you do you think people listening should look at it? If you just want, like, an evening of diversion just to try the novelty of it, sure. But, it's but fun. Yeah, but Especially if you're a fan of Man vs. Wild. Because okay. then it is fun to be like, oh, I'm making you eat that gross grub, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Evan. And thank you all so much for listening. We want to remind you to subscribe. We're on iTunes now. So subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all of them if you'd like. And it would really help us if you'd review and share. Share. We would really like that because we can't get the word out as well as you can. Share it if you think it would benefit others, but at least review it if you think it benefits you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, review first, share second. We thank you so much. Remember to go to our website, youneverstudied.com. You can email us at youneverstudied at gmail.com. And we thank you so much. We'll be looking forward to talking next week. See you, study buddies. Bye.